Hello, listeners, and welcome to this new episode of Your B-Side, the podcast that will tell us more today about our guest, Alex. Hey, Alex, welcome to this podcast. Hey, how's it going? Good, and you? Pretty good. So looking forward to hearing more about your B-Side. And as you know, in this podcast, we're going to start with your A-Side. So what is your company and what's your role within this company? So I have a few companies. My, my overall goal is to help grow the Canadian ecosystem. Where I spend yep. most of my time is N49P, which is a venture capital firm. Okay. I'm the general partner. We invest in pre-seed Canadian companies. Um, my role is to make find the companies, invest in the companies, and yep. help them out. I also um, co-founded and sort of set the direction for a company called TechTO, yep. which despite its name is across Canada, it's, it's a community uh, that's really there to help people meet each other, learn from each other, and grow the Canadian tech ecosystem. And yep. I have a lot of, you know, a few team members, they, they take care of all the the work, but I, what I do is help set the direction and um, make things happen there. Great. And if anyone among our listeners is not part of TechTO, uh, inviting you to join, obviously, there's a lot of news and a lot of events happening. So you have to be part of this community. So thanks, Alex, for this and, uh, and the whole Canadian ex- ecosystem. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Great. So moving to your side now, we're going to start with the sports. What sports do you practice or like watching or both? So, so practice... You know, it, um, you know, it's running a bit of weights, uh, stuff that I can do basically without much of a schedule when I'm available. Yeah, I like, unfortunately, watching the Maple Leafs. Okay, um, <laughs> you're saying that to a Montreal person, but yes. I'm not taking it personally. So I- you know, <laughs> it's it's been uh, twenty plus years of aspiration. If they ever do have any success, it'll be like a founder, an overnight yeah. success. Um, <laughs> I also like you know watching basketball and baseball. Um, yeah okay. so traditional sports okay sounds yeah. good uh if we switch to movies so any favorite movie or any movies that you've watched recently well uh movies that i watch in the theaters tend to be with my kids so okay. just watch the super mario brothers film and i think nice. the week before that the dungeons and dragon one uh favorite movies really you know i i don't tend to rewatch lots of movies I like movies that make you think so it's it's definitely not the super mario <laughs> brothers one nothing comes to mind but yeah yeah i mean super mario you went it yeah as you said you went it with your kids but you, you've played i guess uh, all oh. the different mario so yeah i've played yeah. them all i had a super <laughs> i had a super nest at home i had i had super mario brothers so it was it was, it was a piece of nostalgia uh, to watch all the Easter eggs that they placed in the movie. That was uh, yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. So yeah, cool. Any TV series that you're watching as well? Uh, watching right now, actually, um, the fifth season of Miss Meisel, uh, Amazon okay. Prime show about an aspiring comedian uh, in the 50s. Just really witty, really intelligent, well-written. Yeah. Um, other than that, I tend to watch tend to watch a mix of like sci-fi um like you know, maybe my favorite series of all time is might be lost. Yeah, real, real well. Re- never know what's going on. There's a bit of mystery. <laughs> it's it's well written. Um, I tend to find not like formulaic shows. Yeah, actually, you make me realize that I haven't watched the last season of Lost. Like it's been like 15 years, or something. Like yeah, this. It might it might be good. Because um, yeah. last season Lost left a lot of people disappointed. But uh, so- it's it's hard to make a mystery like that solve in a way that makes people happy. <laughs> Yeah, they tried to make it last a long time, but yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, now we'll switch to music. Is there like a band, a music band that you can listen and re-listen to that is part well, of your favorite ones? Yeah, uh, Nirvana and Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Um, it's funny, I don't listen to them often, but when I listen to them, I'm happy. 
Um, yeah. I guess, you know, they say that the best music's when you were like a teen and that and those are a bit later than teen for me, or I guess those <laughs> are my teen years. So that's the one that, you know, you listen to, you have the emotional ties to. Yeah, and I think Smashing Pumpkins, they're recently regrouped or they're, they're yeah, back on sort the of. They, they sort of regrouped. They, they come and go. It depends on Billy Corgan. Um, <laughs> I actually saw the Smashing Pumpkins twice um, early on at both times in Montreal when I was an undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First time at uh, Metropolitan. I, I think that I don't think that exists anymore. And the second time at the <laughs> Bell Center. The first time had like 300 people. The second time had 30,000. So yeah, it's very different. The, yeah. Yeah. The growth of the, of the band. Yeah. I love it. Smashing Pumpkins is an amazing band as well. Sure. Um, book, uh, any book that you're currently reading? And if this is the case, what so, is it and what it's all about? So with books, I, I tend to try to read two types. I try to read, let's call them factual ones. Like, so anything that someone in venture startup land would read. Like I just read a book called noise, which is by Danny yep. Kahneman trying to make better decisions. Then I try to read fiction once in a while to give my mind a break. Usually it's more, um, it's again, sort of like my TV shows. It's stuff like, uh, uh Daniel Suarez who writes a book. I can't remember the names of them. one's about like how someone, a tech entrepreneur creates an AI that basically yep. rewrites society or, you know, um, what's called seven eaves is another book i recently read um so like stuff that look at the future um and i guess a lot a bit quite a bit of fantasy as well but like yeah yeah so yeah that, that is basically yeah. aligned with your a side as well and, yeah. and some that makes you basically get away from your a side yeah and then the one if anything by neil gaiman um just i think he's you know any comic books graphic novels or books he writes okay. that's one author i'll buy right off right when it's published Okay. Great. Uh, now on podcasts, are you listening to any podcasts? So these won't be any insightful new ones. Uh, of course, besides the podcast I record, <laughs> which I don't listen because I'm like hearing my own voice. Um, I don't know if you have that situation. Like I, I yeah. you know, you know, uh, like, you know, 20 minute VC or 20 VC, uh, you know, the knowledge project by Shane Parrish, uh, founders, uh, best like the best. Yeah. you know, planet money, just they typically, uh, stuff your stuff you should know. Um, you know, a bunch of them listen to a couple of web three stuff. It's, it's, to me, it's just a way to consume additional knowledge and when I'm doing something else. Okay. So uh, do you recommend these podcasts basically for any yeah. startup, any startup founder currently looking at fundraising or uh, yeah. asking? Yeah. Not necessarily fundraising, but startup, you know, anyone that's in technology, no one knows how people think. Um, you know, I think, uh, Shane Parrish in particular is more about how to think. Uh, yeah. Some of the other ones, like I listen to A16Z's podcast, uh, 20 VCs, more how to raise and how okay. VCs think. So all around the same thing. It's, you know, I don't listen to like, don't listen to the Bill Simmons or any entertainment uh, podcasts. So. Okay. So just relisting them here, acquired founders, stuff you should know, yeah. Planet Money, 20 minutes VC. Okay, great. Lots of great insights for the audience. Perfect. Uh, now we're going we're going to travel with you, Alex. So you wanted to talk about one of the most memorable trips that you've done. I think it was in Southeast Asia. So can you let us know what you did and why it was like a, such a, an amazing trip? So if I think of my most you know memorable trips, generally they're longer trips. Um, Southeast Asia is probably the longest one I took. It was after getting my master's. Took eleven weeks off and you know guess the backpacking. And I it, what's interesting I. Met, started with a few friends, two yeah. friends, did a couple of week, a week by myself, then met my girlfriend who's now my wife. So it was just 
it was just interesting because I didn't know much about Southeast Asia. And then, uh, you know, went from everyone from the common place like Thailand and Vietnam to a couple, uh, couple of weeks in Myanmar, which was okay. sort of a sort of a pariah state, but just fascinating to see how a country that's not well integrated with the West or, you know, acts. So it just oh. experiences the food at the time. It's, you know, you really, cause I find if you go for a week or something like that, you can't, you're just basically decompressing and it's, and you don't, yeah. it's hard to get away from life. But this is a period I just finished my master's, you know, travel some close friends and then, and really saw a big chunk of Southeast Asia and then have a fixed itinerary, just sort of show up in airport. Like, hey, I want to go to, let's go to, yeah. uh, I want to go scuba diving. So let's go to, um, uh, the islands of Malaysia. So let's go get a ticket, take two days to decompress and go scuba diving, go scuba diving. So it was 11 weeks, no itinerary and just explored. 11 weeks. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a lot yeah. of time too. So you mentioned Thailand, Malaysia, Thailand, Malaysia, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, Laos, Vietnam, and Myanmar. Okay. All um, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, saw way too much of Bangkok because anytime I met up with someone to drop someone off, if they were flying in through Bangkok, I guess it's just cheaper to fly in there. And yeah, but like particular Myanmar stood out because it was just so different experience. Um, yeah. And I, I guess, you know, and I guess when I look at my most memorable trips are all longer, like my honeymoon, which was Botswana and Mauritius and, you know, uh, post selling my, my e-commerce company, we did six weeks in Costa Rica and Colombia. And okay. I, I think it just, being able, I think when we travel too much as a society, yeah. it's hard for us to decompress. And then we have too much of a fixed schedule to go on, which means you don't have any chance for uh, randomness or inspiration. Try things. Yeah. As you said, yeah. it's all planned and you know where you have to go. You have to, you know where you have to be the next day and so on. Whereas when you had this uh, 11 weeks ahead of you yeah. uh, in Southeast Asia, you could, uh, you could improvise as well. Yeah. That's uh Okay, very interesting, very inspiring. And yeah, now that we can uh, all go back to travels, even if it's, uh, I would say, a bit more expensive than it used to be. <laughs> no, it, depends, it depends how you want to travel and who you're traveling with. My, For uh, sure. <laughs> it's a bit hard. You know, I have two young kids now, or you know, kids just generally, all of a sudden you go from paying for one person to four people right away. It's uh, yeah. more expensive. Yeah, it's not the same price anymore for sure. It's, yeah. it's a different, uh, different vibe. Great. Any uh, any travel or already planned for this summer or still mm, uh, still wondering? No. Um, yeah. Right now, travel don't don't tend to plan too far in advance. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty and it's pretty uh, boring right now. Um, my wife's from Spain, so usually around the holidays in December we go to Spain for some yeah. whatever time. And doesn't and not woes is me, but it's like it's going to see family. So I don't know if you ever travel to see family. It's like two weeks of seeing family and like, Oh, have you ever seen this tourist attraction or have you ever gone and explore this little town? No, because we don't have time. And then usually around March break, um, we go, my, we go down to Florida cause my parents have a place and my okay. kids like being in your pool all week. Yeah. Enjoying the, the sun and the heat that uh, yeah. we don't have at this moment in, in Canada at yeah, this moment of the year. So yeah, Cool. Um, now we're going to talk about a major, so we're going to go back in time again. We're going to talk about a major uh, event and moment of your life. I think it, it has a bit of Montreal in it, right? Okay. Now now I can't remember what I told you. Uh, I guess it was probably McGill. Like, look. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's so again, there's many major moments, but I think what changed the trajectory of my life is actually going to McGill. Um, yeah. It's, it's based upon you know, you come, you know, I grew up in Toronto, but you know, I think if you grow up and you get your sort of independence, people get different ways. And for me, it was yeah. 
if you ever meet my family, they're have a big, relatively big immediate family, very overbearing. And, you know, Montreal gave me freedom. It, I met a lot of people that changed my view in life and it changed yeah. the trajectory of where I went. So, um, you know, I probably would have, before I went to McGill, I probably said, okay, I'm going to return to Toronto and work in Toronto. But instead I got inspired and got a job in New York, uh, yeah. investment banking, which definitely changed the tra- transition, uh, you know, the trajectory of my life. Okay, so it opened up new opportunities. And what courses did you did you follow at McGill, basically? Oh, I'm boring. I took a BCom. Um, okay. I took a double major in finance and well, management information systems. Okay. Um, yeah, don't even want to you know management information systems is dated <laughs> compared to what you know today. But the idea is both were business related, both were numerical, uh, mathematical based, and you know I think I probably could have you know wasn't as common to be a comp sci grad when I, you know, when I went to undergrad. So this was a good way of appealing to what I like doing and it led to me doing uh, investment banking and tech in tech after school. So yeah. play, both of those played out. Okay. So go McGill and anyone uh, who has a, a will to, to, to try a, a university of McGill is definitely the place oh, that you that you recommend. You know, I'm a bit biased. McGill, look, <laughs> McGill, Canadians, I think, underrate, uh, no, uh, to some extent underrate some of our schools that are very international in exposure. Mm-hmm. So like McGill's best assets, it has a brand outside of Canada. Yeah. And so it brings a lot of international students with a lot of different mindset. So yeah. it has a big impact in how you think. And it also opens door outside of Canada for you. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the education, you know, is good, but it's, you know, is it better necessarily Western? I don't know. I didn't go to Western, but I'm sure they're probably on par, but Western has a great op- reputation you know, opportunity in Ontario, but if you want to have a bigger market to play in McGill and a few other schools in Canada, really yeah. have unparalleled experiences. Okay. Good. Um, we talked about your airside and your actually your several companies, so it takes up a lot of your time. Uh, what do you have time for other stuff next to that, if uh, if any? <laughs> uh, don't really have time. For, look, it's 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 work, family. Yeah. And then some exercise. Um, like that's like, that's why my exercise is running yeah. the weights. Cause I have weights at home. I can run anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I have a 13 year old daughter and eight year old son right now. And so really if I have spare time, it's with them. The yeah. occasional thing is maybe I'll go with some friends to play game night, like board games or to like okay. watch some sports and see our t- probably Toronto team lose. Uh, I guess the Jays are good this year. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's not much spare time. Are you a Settles of Catan player? Because, uh, uh, so so yeah. that that's sort of like the entry drug for board games. So one of my friends who has a bit different approach to life, I think he owns like 200 board games. So yeah. it was Settlers of Catan probably a decade ago. Um, if my wife was playing with us or my kids, maybe Settlers of Catan, but he has like stuff like called Ag- – I'm trying to think. We are playing uh, Terraforming Mars uh, last time we played, which is a planet where you're trying – the game, the objective is to yeah. make Mars habitable. Ha- yeah, I was mentioning this one because they, they, they the founder died recently, right? Yes. Klaus, so that was yeah. A, yeah. Died at Just, 70, not that old. Yeah, yeah, and and thanks for, for this game. I mean, I'm, I'm a big player myself, and I love uh, going back to Settlers of Catan and having all this extension, so yeah. That's, yeah, well, it's interesting. I think that's what brought board gaming back in vogue. It was, like, simple yeah. enough and, con- and interesting enough that, like, I, I wasn't playing board games for years. And then my, yeah. when I moved back to Canada, one of my friends introduced me, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool that my wife got it. <laughs> and then it's funny, we went, to see friends and we lived in London for a bit. We went to friends in London and we played with them there. So it's like, it's, it's a simple enough and complex enough that it gets people back into board games. True. I agree. I agree. 
Cool. And if we look at the, the next years, next five to 10 years, what, what's on your list and what do you want to achieve? Any specific project plans? Well, so it's very simple. Um, you know, there's, they can, can break it down to three things I do. Uh, with N4NP, I like to just keep on growing it and, and make it a world-class pre-seed fund. Yeah. I think we're doing really good work right now, but to just learn, adapt, and make it just a sustainable, impactful fund that helps yep. shape this Canadian ecosystem. I like to continue having an impact with TechTO and again, make that sustainable because I think both of them are doing great things. But, you know, I want them to have an impact beyond me being involved with them. I'm not saying yep. I'm not going to be involved in five years. <laughs> and then and, and be a great father and, and husband. Um, five years, I guess my daughter is probably off to undergrad if she wants to go and my son's not that far himself. Yeah. So enjoying the time of time with yeah. your family and, and obviously spending time on your A sites. Okay, makes sense. All right. Uh and to finish this episode, Alex, uh, we're gonna you're gonna share a fun fact or anecdote that uh that some people might not know about you. What would that be? Uh you know <laughs> the the one I guess people that know me know this well, but like you know, in the ecosystem people think I'm very extroverted and outgoing and outspoken. Yeah. And first of all, I'm an introvert. But the bigger thing is I am the quietest person in the family. I have four sisters and a father <laughs> and mother that are all louder, more extroverted, more opinionated than me. Okay. Um, and so it's if you ever see the dynamics of my family, like how quiet I get is it's kind of shocking to people. Because like one of my sisters is an aspiring comedian. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, you see, you see that upbringing and you're like, okay, how's this, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the most shocking people. But it didn't prevent you from creating a tech to on the community aspect and social aspect and everything. So that's, but, uh, that's but, really... But, you know, it, it's funny because most of what I've done is I've done not in an extroverted way. I've done it by yeah. just doing what I need to do, right? It's not because, like, I don't get energy from being out there. I, you know, it just, this is stuff I needed. It, it was, I guess you could say I overcame my introvertness yeah. to do it. Thanks for opening up anyway to this podcast because you'll be saying that's what it's all about as well. So opening up and yeah. sharing uh, sharing something you don't so great. Thanks a lot, Alex, again for joining this episode of Your B Side. And thanks for having me. And to all of our listeners, I'll, I'll see you next week for a new guest and a new episode. Wishing you a great week until then. 